Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott. A cast of thousands today. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort and Casino. John Shannon, our NHL insider. Uh, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Alan May uh, out of uh, NBC Washington. And still to come, Jack Michaels and Reed Wilkins. We are pleased to be joined by Jack Michaels. Jack, I just want to get to this text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I'm telling you right now, Philip Broberg will start the season on Larson's left side. Bank on it. That is an interesting uh, point. The Oilers, Jack, have signed uh, a couple NHL guys and then some depth players. They do not have the big goaltender signing yet. Uh, we're still waiting to see what happens with Jacob Markstrom. It's believed Edmonton might be out and Calgary's in the driver's seat. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Jack, you there? Hello, Jack, going once. It's the quietest I've ever heard. I'm fine with it. There, oh, you're, 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 you're fine if Calgary ends up getting Markstrom? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't, I, I mean, because I'm assuming the number, Bob, is going to be north of $6 million or, yeah. or $6 million plus. I mean, if Murray got, even if, even if Calgary, even if Markstrom doesn't get the term he wants and say he, say he just signs for what Matt Murray did, four years, $25 million, I'm fine with that. I, I and I, I know you and I have talked about this, and I'm sure you've talked about this through the course of the show. For me, there are more misses, or at least I remember more misses on the first day of free agency than, than hits. I, because I think that's when you're most prone to overpay. And the Oilers aren't in that position right now. And you know what, Bob? They might not even be in a position where, you know, one guy puts them over the top. I, I'm realistic here. I still think there are steps. I'm not sure Edmonton can shoot straight to the Stanley Cup final next year. I, I think there might be another, you know, bridge here. And I know people don't want to hear that, but that's just what experience in the game tells me is that there's still, I think, one more step that this team has to take. Maybe another near miss like 2017. I, I just feel like uh, I don't mind that. I, I honestly don't. I'm And I'm not sold on Jacob Markstrom. I know he's had two real good years for Vancouver and was solid in the playoffs. But ultimately, when you look at the entire body of work, you know, I don't think he's knocked it out of the park to the point where I'm ready to pony up what little room I have. And you probably have the exact number. But if it's, oh, yeah. let's say, $5.2 million, maybe it's 4.2. Yeah, you get some back with club bomb. I don't want to... I don't want to expire that all on Jacob Markstrom because I think that's going to put my team over the top. Because quite frankly, Bob, I don't think it's enough to put them over the top. 
Well, it's interesting. Uh, and again, Pierre Lebrun from TSN reporting that maybe Edmonton cools their jets here. Uh, you, they've kicked some fires. Maybe uh, Ryan Rashog mentioned on Corey Crawford and Thomas Grice. Uh, Grice, to me, you know my theory. Uh, we've discussed this privately, Jack. The Mitch Corn, uh, Barry Trotz influence. We had Dwayne Rollison on the show. He doesn't think Mitch is the primary guy with the Islanders, but wherever Trotz and Corn go, it seems careers take off for goalies and then they drop off. Off, which brings us to Braden Holtby in Vancouver, who's had a, a tough year or two in a row uh, in Washington. Now he goes to uh, Vancouver. I'm going to throw a wild card at you, Jack. Is there any way if Edmonton cools their jets that they could somehow get in on Marc-Andre Fleury? Well, I mean, I, I think there is, but I don't think Vegas will allow that. I, yeah. I think they have a better shot at getting Corey Crawford for reasonable money than Marc-Andre Fleury, especially... You know, I mean, Flurry would be doing Edmonton a couple of favors. They'd be retaining up to 50% of the contract, which would allow Edmonton to fit him in. And they'd not only be doing a, a conference rival a favor, but a division rival a favor. So why would they do that? <laughs> why would they do I'm, that? I'm not ready to say. I just find out. The, re- the real reason I'm, I'm not upset about Jacob Markstrom is I feel the same way about Calgary. If you if you uh, fill in the blank with, you know, they're this far away from winning a Stanley Cup, and if you're asking me if that's a true or false statement and you fill Markstrom in, I don't think it's true for either Calgary or Edmonton. I don't think with Markstrom, Edmonton wins the Stanley Cup next year. I don't. I, I, I just don't. I don't believe that. I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I just think there's another step to be had, and this team might be two years away from really being in that kind of conversation. So, well, let's let's cut to the let's cut to the chase here, Jack. From 2013 to 2016, the Oilers got burned on long long term deals. Yeah, they they signed it. You've talked about that. You're absolutely right. You have more swings and misses, especially on the first day. Bob Corey Crawford might be a good fit because if you think about it, and you believe the idea that Edmonton might be a little inexperienced on D next year if they lose a minutes munch or yep. cleft bomb and have to go with some of their young D. Well, what has Corey Crawford been dealing with the last year and a half in Chicago? He's been dealing with a complete transition of power on the blue line. He's, he's kind of seen Brent Seabrook slowly phased out. Duncan Keith's become a little less effective five-on-five, and he's faced a lot of high-danger chances much more so than certainly Koskinen faced last year, Koskinen and Smith. Chicago was the worst defensive team in the league, I believe, in the slot last year. So that might be a fit for me. I mean, look at his save percentage, and you add Edmonton, who's much better defensively. That goals against might come down significantly. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's it, it's still totally nebulous as to how this is going to be resolved for the Edmonton Oilers. It might be a pipe dream to get Mark Andre Fleury again. It looks like Markstrom's going to Calgary at this right. stage of the game. How many times have we talked about Kyle Turris, Jack? You and me over the years. Well, I mean, a, a ton. There was there was obviously. Uh, you filled me in when I first moved here about the fact that, you know, Edmonton was interested in Kyle Turris in his draft year and, and looking to, you know, potentially sneak its way into the top, you know, four or three that would have put position yep. them to, to potentially draft him. I mean, that's the first time. I Do you remember, I remember when they, he, he got traded for uh, David Runblad and I was just like, what did Arizona just do? Yeah. And, well, there, then, was, there was, I mean, I think, 
you know, I've been told, I mean, we have some mutual acquaintances, obviously, in in the desert, and, and there were some extenuating circumstances that I think, you know, Arizona might have adopted the mindset, hey, we just need to move them, and, and like you said, completely undervalued the, the return they got back for. But, you know, back to your point about what Kyle Tur I mean, the, lately, you and I have talked about Kyle Turris in the sense of what is wrong with this Nashville club? Why is it not working? Why are guys like yeah. Turris and Duchesne, instead of blossoming, seemingly, you know, st- stagnating? Uh, you know, and why is this club all of a sudden having a hard time finding finding a way to score goals? And, and to the point, I, I believe you picked Arizona over Nashville because you just said, I don't think Nashville could figure it out. And I had the opposite. All right, they're bound to figure it out. Yep. And I was wrong as I have been all year on Nashville. They just never quite come around. So I think this is a guy that, at least from an offensive point of view, is is going to be in a better place. It wasn't working there, not just for tourists, but for a number of guys. And that actually leads me to believe, Bob, it'd be one thing if Matt Duchesne had a 30-goal, 85-point season in Nashville, but he didn't. It, it seemed like everyone was struggling. So to me, that tells me maybe Kyle Turris wasn't in a slump. It's just his team, collectively, they were all slumping. It, it wasn't working chemistry-wise, whatever, the system. So he comes to Edmonton. I think he's going to be in an ideal situation. I mean, I hate to say, you know, the 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 very idea that Kyle Turris could be playing sheltered minutes should excite everyone in oil country. And I realize he's not the penalty killer that Riley Shan was, but that's, you know, that's why you have an experienced coaching staff. That's where Jimmy Playfair will certainly earn his paycheck next year because that is a you know, for all Riley Shane didn't do five on five, uh, he, he was he contributed to a, a major turnaround on the penalty kill, and that'll be that'll be an adjustment yeah. for him yeah. to and, deal with. But I'm excited at having tourists also as a potential right-shot option on the power play. Yeah, I talked to Turris, Jack, on the show, and he mentioned that he did kill penalties a lot more in the past, just not this past year. He did. Year. In Ottawa, well, he did. Yeah, yeah, he's only at 40 seconds per game. Uh, I, here, here's the thing. For me, it's price point. Like, you know what? If it, oh, if, it, that, if, that, you, if you had to do four, you know, four million times three years, no. But 1.65 on a two-year deal for a right-shot defense or uh, a right-shot center that's had 450-plus point seasons, 320-goal seasons, Jack, it's pretty tough to argue about that. Bob, I, I guarantee you, and you may not want to admit this on the air, but if I had said, hey, Edmonton's going to sign Kyle Turris, you'd say, you know what, for $2.5 bucks, that would work. And, and then get him at one point six. My guess is you would have said it might have cost you at least seven or eight hundred grand more to get Kyle Torres. I even even though he was bought out, I, I think that's a you know it's a real good point in terms of the value. I mean, we we were talking about value picks uh, during the draft. This is this is a value signing for Kyle Torres, and and you know what? The other thing is is. Uh, you know, I, I think it's another guy that will be a, a key part of the collective in terms of some of the outside things you have to deal with at, in Edmonton. Uh, you know, a real guy that, that's kind of going to be connected to this community. I, I think that's important in, in Edmonton. And I know that ultimately it's about wins and losses. But this is also a guy that, that I believe is a, is a good fit in the community, good fit. Uh, you know, good in the room. I know that's kind of a cliche, but I think this is a guy that's hungry for a championship. I asked him, and, and he said, you know, I still have nightmares about that. I'm still bitter about that 
double overtime loss in, in 2017, and then the Game 7 loss when he was when he was with Nashville on home ice against Winnipeg. This guy who, you know, is a seasoned veteran, but he's not, you know, necessarily past his due date. He, he's still got some tread on the tire. He's hungry for a championship. And I think this is this is a good signing. It, it really is. And uh, as far as the penalty kill, and you know, again, I, I think Jimmy Playfair could figure that out. Jack, great stuff. Thanks for hopping on, man. Appreciate it, Bob. Take care. Take care. One forty-five. Want to tell you, Roos Chris, the greatest steak you've ever had. That's Roos Chris Steakhouse, Edmonton owned and operated. It's open Wednesday through Sunday from five p.m. until close. You can head down to ninety-nine ninety Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. And at this time, you know it. Cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Zero percent financing now taking place at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Come see the deals on the 2020 F-150s, Escapes, Mustangs, and more. Plus, get a trade-in bonus for at least $1,000 when you swap out your 2016 model or older. Go visit Uncle Bill, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. Your Ford authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin, or go online at BrentRidge.com. Reed Wilkins uh, to uh, hook us up. He's got his show tonight at 6. We'll transition in with him when we come back. We'll also get into this day in Oilers history. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Welcome back, everybody. 147 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup, takeout options as well for a menu and a listler 13. Edmonton and area locations go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. This day in Oilers history says it all about the pandemic. Brendan Escott, what do you got? Back in 2011, Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores his first NHL goal as the Oilers knock off the Penguins 2-1 in a shootout on home ice. Taylor Hall and Alish Hemsky notch the assist, and Devin Dubnik made 33 of 34 saves in the win. There we go. That kind of says everything. We're sitting here doing free agent frenzy on a day in which Nugent Hopkins scored his first NHL goal back in 2011. From Inside Sports, we welcome to the show... The one and only Reed Wilkins. Hi, Reed. How are you? Doing well, Bob. How are you? Good. Now, are you ready to hop on early if the Oilers make a uh, a splash here between, say, uh, you know, you're on at six today, but you never know what's yes. going to transpire? Yes, is the answer. Good. Because uh, we're going to hand it off at two o'clock today to 6.30 chat afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. But if anything does happen on the Oilers front, uh, Brennan, myself, and uh, Reed uh, will uh, re-engage deployment at that time. Reed, are you surprised to the stage that there is no resolution in goal for Edmonton? Well, a little bit, because I, 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 clearly you've seen some names go off the board, and I, and I think this is a really big need for the Oilers. Um, and now it's it's a tough situation because you're already paying Koskinen a little over four. So if you're getting up there, do you want to be paying a goaltending goal tandem nine, ten, eleven million dollars? That might be tough to swallow, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it might be tough to make to make Markstrom work, though it appears the Oilers hung in there for quite a while. 
the thing I liked about Markstrom, Bob, is he's been a goaltender who has played 55, 60 games in a season. Yes. And as we've seen with Koskinen, when his number, at least, you know, the, the previous season when it was McClellan and then Hitchcock, when his number got up higher, his play dropped off. Whereas this, this past year, when he started around half the games, he was pretty solid most of the season. I mean, he had a couple drop-offs, but I'd say he was more consistent than Smith's. Smith's highs were higher, higher, but his lows were, were much lower, I thought. This is now the number one storyline to me to, to watch for the Oilers, is who they're going to get in goal, and maybe they wind up having to make a trade instead of getting someone through free agency, which is what Ken Holland said earlier in the week. So maybe by 6 o'clock tonight, there, there's a resolution. Uh, the Kyle Turris ad, I heard you and Bob talking about it. I really like I, 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 I'm Bob, he's Jack. Yeah, I heard you talking about it with Jack. Isn't that what yeah, you said? You said I, I heard you and Bob talking about it. I'm like, oh, sorry. I'm just having well, anyway. fun with you. <laughs> Anyways, hey, go. Don't confuse me. I'm on a roll here. I know who I'm talking to. Okay, but... thanks. <laughs> but, thanks, but... Freddie. Thanks, Fred. <laughs> I always like Fred more than the other guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying. <laughs> I'm telling you, he threw it with his left hand. Anyways, I digress. Oh, that's the classic. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but the Kyle Turris signing I like. I, I mean, I think that's good value. And the way I look at it, Bob, is, uh, okay, yeah, Tal- Turris has, has these stats and this history and all that kind of stuff. But I, I also look at it, does Turris upgrade who the Oilers had in that slot last year? And, okay, so you look at some of the other players who played center, Riley Shane, Gaetan Haas, Jujar Kara played some center. I think Turris is better than each of those players. So regardless of maybe what his individual stats turn out to be or what they've been the last couple of years, I think it's reasonable for him to upgrade the third-line center position on the Oilers and provide more support to to dry settle McDavid, have somebody who can ship in a little bit more often and be a little bit more versatile. So I, I like that deal. I, I realize, okay, it didn't work out in Nashville. He got bought out. He, he didn't say much about it today. Uh, maybe I wasn't able to hear your interview because I was doing some other stuff. But when I was on the Zoom call, he, he didn't say too much about his time in Nashville, just that it was it was frustrating. It didn't work out. But I also heard uh, Craig Button on TSN's coverage today saying that he he just didn't think that it gelled between Peter Laviolette and and Kyle Turris in Nashville, and that that might have held him back a little bit. So it's a new start for Turris. I, I think he's, he understands where he's going to be. You're not coming to Edmonton with any illusions that you're competing to be the second-line center or anything like that. You know the hierarchy. And I, and I think it's good. I, I mean, worst-case scenario, if, if he is... If he is past his prime or, or on the downside of his career, you haven't locked up a, a lot of money. It's, in, it's, in him. it's two years. It's under $2 bucks. This text comes in. Bob, the Oilers definitely have the best center depth in the league now. they got McDavid, Dreisaitl, Terrace, a right shot, and if they need be, Nugent Hopkins, their number five center amongst those groups is Gaetan Haas. They even added Quine as the number six. They got a lot of center options. They got a lot of forwards. They don't need any more forwards. A quick rip on Ennis coming back on a one-year deal, no surprise. No, and I, I liked what Ennis brought. Uh, once I saw him, Bob, get into the swing of things with the Oilers, uh, he was uh, not that I didn't think he would be competitive, but I, I thought he was more competitive and sort of involved than than I thought he would be. 
He was versatile. Uh, he seemed to be able to play with anybody, which which is important that, that you can jump into any role and still be productive and still be noticed. Hopefully, you know, he's going to be totally healthy uh, coming back from that broken leg. I'm sure he will be by whenever the season starts. And we should hear from him this afternoon. So I'll have that audio on Inside Sports. All right. Uh, what else you got shaking tonight? Well, we'll have a full recap of the day. Uh, I believe Marty Baron's going to jump on a little bit to talk about all the goaltending moves. And, uh, you know, if there's something significant in another Canadian market, I'm sure we'll bring on somebody from uh, from whatever city that is. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of audio and a lot of recapping the day. It's going to be fun to talk about. You know, uh, Matt Benning went plus 32 over the last four years. To me, it speaks volumes. Like, none of the high-profile defensemen other than Shattenkirk have been signed yet, Reed, Petrangelo. Maybe there's a pecking order here, like, Petrangelo, Tyson Berry, uh, you know, could Berry be in the mix in Calgary, uh, Vancouver, potentially Edmonton. What about Hamannick? Uh, but Matt Benning was making like 1.95 million last year in that range, did not get qualified. He signs a two-year deal for 1 million bucks. Kind of tells us a bit about the state of where the game's at right now. Yeah, and I, I, it was tough to see Benning go because, like you mentioned, is, is plus minus, and I know that stat's not the be all and end all, but it, I always thought generally something good happened when Benning was on the ice. I, I'm still surprised he wasn't used a little bit more. It's funny, is the the most he played was his first two years in the league, which is the opposite. Usually, you'd be used less in your first couple of years, and then you'd see your ice time ramp up in years three and four. It went the other way for him. Um, I, I think it was it was a little surprising he wasn't used more, and and then you had a situation in the postseason where, uh, you know, Larson couldn't finish the series and looked a little uh, looked a little banged up when he was playing. So I'm surprised Benning wasn't leaned on uh, more and, and maybe given the odd PK opportunity to help spell off the other guys. But I, I guess that's how the coaches saw him. But they joins a pretty good program in Nashville, so I hope it works out for him. All right, great stuff. Reed Wilkins tonight with Inside Sports at 6. And again, if Edmonton gets uh, into the game here, potentially on a defenseman, because it doesn't look like it's going to happen in goal yet, uh, Reed will be jumping on or Brendan will or I'll join or everybody will. We'll wait and see what happens. Thanks, Reed. Okay, see you, Bob. 155 in Edmonton, TSN's Ryan Rashog. Uh, Oilers are in the mix on Tyson Berry. Would likely be a short-term deal. Uh, chance to quarterback the league's number one power play in a show-me type deal. Well, uh, you know, uh, by the way, Josh Curry, who was the Oilers' farmhand, uh, has signed with the Pittsburgh Penguins on a two-way deal. Justin Schultz, Darren Dreger reporting, former Oiler, uh, has uh, signed with the Washington Capitals, $4 million AAV. Just circling back to Tyson Berry, uh, I've repeatedly mentioned him on today's show. Um, I personally would love to see him here in a one-year deal. I'm not sure that's going to get it done. But back on September 30th, when Elliot Freeman tweeted out, uh, one situation Edmonton's monitoring Oscar Kleppbaum, weighing op- options to deal with injuries from last season. One of the possibilities is surgery that could keep him out long-term. At that time, I tweeted out one potential UFAD. To me, that would be a good fit in Edmonton would be Tyson Berry. Had a tough year uh, in Toronto. Elite offensive right shot D, multiple 50-plus point seasons. Again, my theory on this is gets the puck off the ice and could step in for Clefbaum on the power play, and you'd maybe see a guy like Nurse take on more five-on-five minutes as some of uh, Clefbaum. Clefbaum was fifth in the NHL last year in time on ice. Doesn't mean it's going to happen for Edmonton with Tyson Berry, uh, but could potentially make sense here. We'll have to wait and see. It's 157 in Edmonton. This wraps up. 
uh, our coverage from 11 to 2. Special thanks to Brandon Escott. Our guests today included Dwayne Rolson, Alan May, Mark Spector, Elliot Friedman, Brian Lawton, John Shannon, Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels. Read on tonight from 6 until whenever. We will have a best of Oilers now on Thanksgiving Day Monday. Have a terrific weekend, everybody. Up next, the news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.